Welcome to episode 49 of the Cyber Guy podcast. I'm your host, retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. And in this episode, we have a little discussion with a cyber scammer. Now, I should say that that may be a very misleading way to say what's going to happen in the interview section of this podcast, because we don't so much as have a discussion with a scammer that knows he's having a discussion on a podcast, but rather a scammer who thinks he's in the process of scamming someone. So it's a, it's a, I'll be honest with you, this is a podcast I've wanted to do for some time. It's just a matter of timing, and the timing finally worked out. And so I'll talk a little bit about what that part of the uh, podcast is about in a bit, but I want to turn first to some news items, uh, some interesting news items, like a lot of news items. Um, if you're not listening to the Zero Trust podcast with Dr. Chase Cunningham, I highly recommend it. He does a much better job of diving deep into some news news related items. Um, and so he had a few this week that were pretty good and steal any from for this podcast. But there's one in there specifically about he talks about with ExpressVPN that if you're an ExpressVPN user, it might be something to look into. Um, and one of the companies that is kind of a, fell into this news article had to do with the guys that now own ExpressVPN and a couple other uh, rather popular VPNs, including the one I use, Private Internet Access, uh, have a tendency to have been criminals in the past, which not a surprise in the cyber world. Um, but they could also be sharing information when they're not supposed to. So an interesting article uh, or an interesting podcast. So listen to his podcast. Listen to his take on that particular article. Um, and if you're curious, Google Google um, uh, ExpressVPN issues and you'll, you'll find all about that. But the articles I want to talk about this week are from, both from threatpost.com. They were kind of interesting. And, and one one is important for everyone to understand. The other one is just amusing for everyone to, to hear. So the first one I'm going to talk about is uh, was published on September 21st by Nick Kale. And the title is Hackers Are Going Deep Sea Fishing. So what can you do about it? So this is a new type of phishing, deep sea fishing. We, you know about phishing um, where you get an email and you click on a link and they send it to bulk of people that have email addresses on and you have whaling. But this particular article, um, quoting now from the article, hackers are upping their game using an approach called, or that this author calls deep sea fishing, which is the use of a combination of techniques described below to become more aggressive. To keep pace, cybersecurity innovators have been working diligently to develop tools, techniques, and resources to improve defenses. But how can organizations fight against evolving threats that have yet to be launched or even conceived of? And that's a great point he makes right there. And something I've said a long time is it's hard to stay on top of all of the different cyber threats and defend against them because they're so constantly evolving. Technology moves at a rapid pace. The criminals move at a similarly rapid pace to figure out what the vulnerabilities are in the technology and law enforcement, everybody else is way behind targeting all that. So more from this email. Um, So he says, for example, in February, 10,000 Microsoft users were targeted in a phishing campaign, which sent emails purporting to be from FedEx, DHL Express, and other couriers, which contain links to phishing pages hosted on legitimate domains with the goal of obtaining recipients' work email credentials. Not a surprise. This is a standard phishing technique where you try to get email credentials to get into networks to do the bad stuff that that you want to do. So... Um, and basically he talks about in this article how some of these phishing methodologies have, have evolved over time. One in particular, which I thought was interesting at the bottom of this, he talks about the ransomware phishing link, which is not a surprise. Organizations of all sizes should be considering what a ransomware attack, which often starts with phishing, 
if not more, more so than usual, could do to their performance, financial stability, and future. More importantly, they should be assessing their cybersecurity strategies and security architecture, especially in light of the disappearing perimeter associated with increasingly distributed workforces. And obviously what he means by that, folks work from home, makes it much more difficult to secure your network when you have folks that are working remotely. So new developments make ransomware even more of a threat. Well, that's not good. According to the FBI, Ryuk, R-Y-U-K, is is the top ransomware in terms of payments completed. Now a worm-like capability has been added to Ryuk, which makes it, Longer, no longer reliant on human clicks to spread. This is a significant and very worse, worrisome development, and as it should be. Now, at the end of the day, it still requires a human interaction to start, but once it's launched, it's it's all, all bets are off. So consider this, he says. An initial infection occurs within just a few seconds. Ransomware that is launched when a user clicks a link in a phishing email rapidly begins to spread laterally through a network, encrypting PCs and servers for maximum damage and maximum profit for cybercriminals targeting the organization. The ransomware then reads infected files in search of user credentials that will enable it to spread faster via remote desktop connections between network computers or mapped drives. Backing up data on a cloud, while good practice, may not necessarily be sufficient. So I'm not going to read all of this article. Obviously, you can go take a look at it if you want. Um, But it, it, it highlights the point that threats are constantly evolving. And so it highlights another point that I tend to make a lot is where you have to understand what the threats are, have an understanding of who is, who is doing the threat acting actions, if you will, and how do you protect yourself from those? So uh, to that end, I recommend uh, my other podcast, the get cyber smart podcast, where I it's real short, 10 minutes a week talks about different things. And right now we're going through the different types of cyber threats. This particular last episode was on hacktivism, cyber hacktivism, and what that is, what it means, how you can necessarily protect against it and what to look for. Next, the one coming up this week will be on cyber crime or the cyber criminal threat, which obviously ransomware is a huge part of and really the biggest type of threat that most folks need to worry about because it's the one that you're going to be in contact with most likely, either through your own data or through someone who secures your data and loses it because of a data breach. Think of the Marriott data breach, the Equifax data breach, the OPM data breach. Chances are, in most cases, there have been enough data breaches that everybody's been impacted by it in some way, shape, or form. Now, if you have absolutely no online presence, you're fine in the sense that your data hasn't been compromised per se. But chances are you have some kind of digital presence either by your own making or by someone else's making. And so that information is out there. So, you know, this is obviously a problem and human behavior is hard to change. We are always going to click links. Someone always clicks a link, which is why all of these threats tend to always work, which is why you need to take the means necessary to at least put up some form of defense against this by having strong, long passwords and multi-factor authentication. I know I say this all the time, but it still bears repeating that you do those two things, that's going to eliminate a lot of your options. Now, obviously with ransomware, if you're on your network, you get an email, you click a link, you're not supposed to open an attachment, you're not supposed to, and ransomware kicks off. Multi-factor authentication, not going to do much for that. That's where zero trust comes in. So if you, you know, if your corporation is looking to move to zero trust, which is not something you can do overnight, something companies have to take a long look at as far as an investment perspective, that's probably that and application whitelisting are the two things that are really going to reduce the chance of a huge issue amongst a network because the way zero trust works is nothing on the network is trusted. So if if you click a link and it infects your computer, 
if it doesn't, if the application that that particular malware is targeting is is not um, accepted, then it won't really run and it can't cross your network. It's a lot more complicated than I'm, I'm again, doing a very, very lousy job of explaining zero trust. But it's one of those things where companies are going to have to start thinking about the investment into that to be able to secure their networks. The problem with that is you're always going to have leadership that doesn't want zero trust for their stuff or something along those lines. It's, it's, it's a hard battle to run, but you're going to see all these things. But this particular article just kind of highlights how the threats evolve. It's really it's really as simple as that. Now, the second article, also from Threat Post by Lisa Voss, is very amusing to me, and I only am referencing it here because it's awesome when you have bad guy on bad guy crime. So essentially, the article, well, the title is Reval Affiliates Confirm. Leadership were cheating dirtbags. So Reval, capital R, capital E, V-I-L, is a Russian hacking group that provides ransomware tools for what they call affiliates to use to do their own ransomware attacks. And they just, they would then give a percentage of their ransomware gains or profits to Revil. So so from this article, this is from September 23rd, a day after news broke about Revil having screwed their own affiliates out of ransomware payments by using double chats and backdoor, and a backdoor that let Revil operators hijack ransom payments, those affiliates took to the top Russian language hacking forum to renew their demands for Revil to fork over their pilfered share of ransom ha- payments. Oh, but the irony, the irony of it all. Advanced Intelligence, the threat intelligence firm that discloses the backdoor and doubled chats, told ThreatPost on Thursday that a high-level actor with an established reputation on the top Russian language hacking forum exploit used Advantel's report findings to revitalize a claim filed in May against Revil on the Russian underground. So uh, fascinating. They have a, they have a tort capability on the Russian underground. The way that ransomware as a service operation such as Revil or DarkSide work is that affiliates do all the dirty work of network compromise in exchange for, and in case of the original Revil RA, uh, ransomware as a service methodology, 70% of whatever ransom the victims forked over. So you'd give Revil or DarkSide 30%. So for example, and this is a big bugaboo of mine that irritated me when they were talking Colonial Pipeline, said DarkSide hit ransom, ransomware hit Colonial Pipeline, sure. Dark side, it was the ransomware that DarkSide developed, but ransomware likely was not the instigator of the ransomware attack. It was an affiliate that used ransomware's, I'm, I'm sorry, that used DarkSide's ransomware to get into Colonial Pipeline. That's how that that's how this works. It irritates me to no end that the media can't ask these simple questions or go and research it. Now, Brian Krebs does. Brian Krebs used to be with Washington Post, has his own site, Brian Krebs on security. Great. He he is fantastic at this, but he's him and maybe Jordan Robinson from Bloomberg are about the only ones that do any type of investigation. So thank God for them. But the rest of you people would suck. But anyway, so more from this article, just because it amuses me so. Revolt leadership was supposed to pocket the remaining 30% and only that much of ransom payments in exchange for providing the ransomware payload that the affiliates use to seize control of victims' data and systems. But when negotiations suddenly mysteriously collapse and the affiliates are left in the lurch, they start to get suspicious and they turn to the underground's version of arbitration. And you can see why. Ransomware and other types of cyber attacks are, after all, big business, hundreds of millions of dollars. Ransomware attack, and there's some other stuff on here, but anyway. So um, essentially, I guess, the underground has its own version of the people's court, or in this case, maybe the hacker's court. That's what happened when DarkSide, responsible for the colonial pipeline attack, again, not responsible. They made the ransomware, someone else did it, whatever. Affiliates had a tough time getting paid for their work after DarkSide servers were shut down in May, so they turned to admin of the, admins of the group's dark web 
criminal forum to sort things out. So, okay, at least in this respect, they do say that it's the affiliates that did. But who's you know who's the affiliate group? Find out. But according to Adventel's Yelisi, okay, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but Yelisi Boguslavsky, head of research at the cyber risk prevention firm, aggravated scam affiliates have taken that route and made twenty had taken that route in May 21, seeking to recoup $21.5 million in U.S. funds from Revil for allegedly scamming them. So, uh, and there's a whole bunch of stuff on here about the screenshots and la la la, but uh, so it says, now that Revil has kind of sort of sputtered back to life with a new representative, but with little respect or trust on the on the criminal underground's behalf, oh my goodness, no, no respect or trust, that's a shame. Um... Bogolaski is hoping that confirmation of Revil's comfort with screwing its own affiliates via backdoor and double chats will lead to the gang being shunned on the underground. Yeah, because if they're shunned on the underground, they certainly won't come back as some other group name. Come on, let's be serious. I mean, they're just going to come back as another group name. But it is good to see that criminals are screwing over other criminals. So at least we have that going for us. All right. So for the next part of my podcast is something, like I said, I've wanted to do for a while, and it has to do with talking to a scammer. So I know, you know, you get all of these um, text messages or, or perhaps emails or phone calls from people saying they're with the IRS or whatever, your social security number has been hacked or something like that. And you click a number and you talk to someone to try to fix it and they try to scam you. So I wanted to record one of these just so you can kind of hear what it's like. Now there's plenty of YouTube channels with people doing this. There's there's things all, all around, but I wanted to engage in one for the point, purpose of this podcast. Um, and like I said, you can go to YouTube and look up talking to a scammer. You'll see all these kind of things. But this is about an 18-minute clip, and, and it only lasts it lasts that long because at some point I got frustrated with whatever. The, I could never get to what the scam was. And he kept trying to get me to download um, remote desktop application so he could get access to my computer, and I never let him get to that point. So I try to mess with him a little bit. I do apologize. There's some, some language at the end that's probably not appropriate for this podcast, but it is what it is. So there is that. But um, so as how this started was the day before this, I got an email from a friend of mine who had gotten an email saying that his Amazon package had been rerouted, called this number to resolve it. So he sent it to me and I got home late that night. And so I tried calling it and recording it and I got a voicemail, which ironically, someone f- from that group must have got my phone number in their call logs because they called me the next day from a different number asking if I'd called about their Amazon delivery. And I said, I know you're a scam. What's your scam? And he told me to F off and he hung up. So that was it. But then later that day, I got this email that appeared to come from McAfee saying I had just re-upped my McAfee subscription for $350. And if I did not want this subscription to call this number to reverse the charge or whatever. Now, the, the fun, all, of these, all of these emails, you've probably all gotten them. They're very, they're very obviously looking scams in the sense that they look like they're screenshots. They, they don't have any information about you specifically with the particular email. Um, like this one didn't have an account information number, any of that kind of stuff. It had a number in the email. I think that's for the scammers to use to figure out who they sent it to. Um, but it, um, so, so I called the number on it, and what you'll hear next is me talking to the scammer. Enjoy. Thank you for calling cancellation department. How can I help you? Yes, hello. I got an email saying I bought McAfee antivirus, and I don't remember buying such a thing. And this is the number it said to call. So, uh, sir, like maybe you forget about the service. So let me explain you first from the starting. 
all right like do you remember like when you newly purchase a computer on that time of point you will choose a auto renewable plan for your computer protection and maintenance all right and your old plan has been expired yesterday so that is the reason you get the email from our company for the renewation because today is the auto renewal day all right and this is the verification call so what do you want to do like do you want to continue with that order or you want to cancel it uh, I tell think, me that uh, yeah i'd like to cancel it my i think my son set this computer up and i don't remember him saying anything about any kind of whatever, whatever okay. this is okay sir no issues so can you please help me out uh, with your invoice number or order id number which you receive in your email oh yes so yes. that i can check yes i see it right here it's well, I have two numbers. It says receipt done, and it's got a number, and it's got order number, and it's got a number. Order number. I'm telling about your order number. Okay. It is uh, 8GD90J8D. All right, now just give me a moment, sir. Let me check on my system first, then I will let you know, okay? Okay. All right, can you hear me, sir? Yes. So here I can see that, sir, like after cancellation, you are eligible for the refund so do you want your refund money back after cancellation i'm sorry did you say do i want it back yes i'd like it back that would be good yes okay okay so uh just check sir like how much is your refund amount just check in your email 349 349 dollars and 89 cents okay so we are going to help you out for your cancellation and refund refund procedure all right mm -hmm. so you just need to fill up a cancellation form which we are providing you on your computer screen all right and once you fill up the form then everything will be canceled and within a minute you will be receive your refund as well okay mm -hmm. what's what what am i looking so for can you please tell me no no i'm just uh, asking you like are you in front of your computer at this moment i am Okay, so which computer are you using, sir? Uh, it is a Windows computer or an Apple computer? Oh, it's a Windows computer. Okay, so I do believe, like, do you have a Google Chrome, right? A Google Chrome? Google Chrome. What does that look like? Is that a application or what is a Google Chrome? Yeah. No, no. Just check in your icon, in your computer icon. There will be an icon, like Google Chrome, like whatever browser google chrome mozilla firefox or a microsoft edge which one do you have oh yes i see a microsoft edge okay so open up your microsoft edge open up your microsoft edge all right it's open uh open a new tab a new page mm -hmm. now just look at the very top of the page there is a long white address bar where you can type and search for something do you see that I at do. the very top yes i do yeah so you just need you just need to type over there like www dot yep. 
Go ahead. Then team, then teamweaver.com. Can I spell it out for you? Sure. Yeah, T as in tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then, then E as in Edward. Okay. Then A as in Apple. Mm-hmm. Then M as in Mother. Okay. Then V as in Victoria. Okay. Then I as in Indiana. Okay. Then E as in Edward. Uh-huh. Then W as in water. Okay. Then E as in Edward. Okay. Then R as in Romeo. Mm -hmm. Then dot com dot c o m dot com. Okay. Now hit enter from your keyboard and what page comes up, do let me know, okay? Hit enter. Sure. It says team viewer, connect, engage, support, enhance, manage, and a bunch of stuff. Yes. Do you see there's a, there is a, a three option like download for free, yes. free pricing, free commercial try. Do you see I, that? I do. Yes, I do. Yes, so you can click on download for free. Give a left click on that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Once you click on it, once you click on it, then you can see at the very left hand side, bottom down corner, there is a file has been saved which says teamweaversetup.exe. Do you see that? Yep. Yeah, give a double left click on it and try to open it. All right. Mm -hmm. And what would option comes up? Do me know first. Okay. Okay. It says, do you want to run this script? Give a click on run. Give a click on run. Uh, and then what comes up? Uh, do you accept, uh, says install, I it says a button, accept the EULA and DPA. Tell me the option. Like, do you see any option like yes? No, yeah, yeah, uh, says allow. Yeah, yes, allow, yeah, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, click on that. Yep, okay. All right. It looks like it's installing or whatever it's supposed to be doing. Okay. Once you see the next option, do let me know. Okay. It says installation successful. Are you using your cell phone? Am I using? No, I'm on a, no, I'm not. Okay, so just open that teamweaver.exe, teamweaversetup.exe. Give a double left click on it and oh. open it. Yeah, it's it, it looks like it's installed. I have a, it's like bringing up a free a free license, non-commercial yes. use only. Yep. Allow remote control, blah, blah, some other. Uh, do you see your ID? Do you see your ID? I do. Yes, I do. But how? How do you see your ID? It says allow remote control. Tell your, me your ID. Four oh, Tell me your ID. All right. Four, yeah. four zero seven nine one six. Mm -hmm. Yep. Nine one six. Two two zero. That's it. And what the password? 
A L seven T one T one four three six. Four three six, right? Mm-hmm. All right, now just give me a moment. All right, don't do anything. What am I doing? What am Are I using? What am I using? What am I using this no, no. thingy for? What is this going to do for me? Uh, uh, with the help of your ID, we can simply directly connect you with our cancellation department. All right. Once when you, you say, uh, when you say directly, directly, uh, I'm, I'm not following what uh, what I'm doing on my computer. That's kind of confusing to me. I just want my all I'd like with, with my money our back. Main Mm-hmm. Like uh, you just need to connect you with our main cancellation server. Once you are successfully connected, then our robotic technician they will generate a cancellation form for you, which you need to fill it up. Okay. So now just confirming you the ID. The ID is four zero seven nine one six two two zero. Is that your ID? Yes. But are are you connected with your internet? Yes, Just check your I, internet yes. connection. I, yes, I am. Now it has a, a little funny arrow next to the password. Do I need to click that? So if I click that, let me click that. See what that does. Oh, it looks like you gave me a bunch of different letters there on the little the little arrow thingy. That, I guess that didn't connect me. What do you can see? So under the your ID, it said password, and it had a password, and it's got a little arrow, circle, a circle arrow. No, 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 just confirm me. Now just confirm me the ID once again. Okay. 407-9916-220. All right. And are you connected with your internet, right? Uh-huh. There is like something wrong in hmm. your ID. Oh, that's not good. Do you have the right password? Is it? Do you need the password? There's a password here. Do you need to have that? Do I? It says, it says unattended access. Are those supposed to be clicked? Go ahead. I'm sorry. It says augmented. There's an augmented reality. Should I click that? What does that do for me? I think. Uh, when did you use Teamweaver? For what purpose? Can you please tell me? What do I use? Team? I don't. I've not used TeamViewer. You told. I just installed it. Now my assumption is no. But you, you do. Okay, you do one thing. You do. You do one thing. Open up your uh, Microsoft Edge. All right. Uh huh. This is not your correct ID. Oh. So open up your sorry. Google Chrome. Okay, Google Chrome. Yeah. Like um. Yeah. Microsoft Edge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And open a new page. Open, open a new, new page. page. New page. New page. Okay. Yes, I got a new. Yes, it's got a bunch of news on it. Stuff. It's just a blank. It's a blank. Yes. Um, blank page, I guess, or tab or whatever. Yes. Yes. Now just type www dot. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Alpimex dot com. A L P E M I X. Okay, what is that site? Dot com. A L P E M I X dot com. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then hit enter. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it says uh, so. That's it. Says free remote desktop remote control. Do you see home solution features? Have yeah, yeah. Download by yeah, yeah. The fastest and easiest way for remote support and remote yes. control. Yeah, uh, yeah. So do you see? Uh, just try to scroll down the page a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then you can see there is a two option like free download and buy now. Do you see that? Free uh, download. Yes. Uh huh. I do see that. Yes. Give a click. Yeah. Give a double. Give a double left click on it and open it. Mm-hmm. It's doing the same thing the other thing. Okay. So why are we doing you this? Why are we using this one instead down. of the other one? Because no, no. Because uh, your other one is not correct. So we uh, have to check what is the problem. I see. Exactly. Okay. And so this is yeah. so, so this is gonna you, this is gonna yeah. let you come into my computer one, and fix it for me. Yes, because okay. we need to uh, remove all the expired software okay. which is running in I your computer. You. Uh, okay, I see. Okay. okay, yes, I have a, like a blue window open now. It says ID. Yeah, just password. try to open that. Part. Yeah, I got that. Oh, yeah, huh? So what do you got? It says you already got your ID and a password. I did. I just clicked in and it without any question, without uh-huh. any questions. Yeah, it says ID, password. Tell me connect, your ID. Connect, login, Tell sign me your in. ID. So, okay, I, I'm sorry. ID is five five one four uh four six five seven six eight. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now just tell me the password. All right. It's one seven two. Mm-hmm. Yellow. Yellow. Uh huh. There will be a numerical number. Oh. All right. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Seven. Four. Now, am I supposed to connect? It says connect, log in, sign. Do I have to sign up for anything? It says sign up on this. No, you don't need to do oh, anything. Gotcha. You just tell okay. me your password. That's it. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sorry. This is, I've not had to go through anything like this before. It's very confusing. No, no. Like, does this happen just a lot? tell me is the this... password. Oh, I'm sorry. One, seven, two, nine, eight. Mm-hmm. There's only five, all right. There's only don't five try to be going. a over smart. All right. What's that? I'm sorry. What don't try to be a over smart. Don't try. Don't try to be a over smart. I don't okay? know. I don't know what that word is, but I'll take your word for it. So I'm curious. When you get to the, can you get to the scam part? So when you get into my computer, what exactly were you going to do? I'm just out of curiosity. I do appreciate the time because I've recorded this for my podcast. Are, so I appreciate. We're going to destroy your computer. Well, that's not very nice. Why would you do such a thing? I guess that's in that one yeah. McAfee's forced to prevent yeah. such a kind of thing. Yes. So, I'm just, so, so help me out here. So, so help me out here. So help me out here. I'm just curious. How many? So uh, out of curiosity. As I told you without any without any option, you got your ID and password. How? Because I'm I'm doing it on a Mac and I know what the fuck I'm doing, dummy. That's why I have worked out. I, I'm this is I'm just I'm trying to figure because out what this. I'm trying to get that. I'm trying to get you to the scam. Help me out with the scam, man. Tell me what the scam is. So when you get in, what do you no, do exactly? No, no. You already know that. Yeah. So, so that's why you pretend. Oh sure. 
See, I did I did cybersecurity for the FBI for 20 years. So I'm just curious what, so, like, when you get into whatever you want to do, fucker. When you get Thank in. Thank you so much. When you get in. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, there you go. Well, all right. Well, so I apologize. I apologize very much for the cursing there. That was that was inappropriate and not needed. So I'm going to have to get rid of these. I had to <laughs> I had to download those applications so I could see what they were looking for. So I'm going to get rid of those now because I really don't need TeamViewer. But uh, so that just gives you an idea what these scammers are looking to do. They're looking to, you know, put applications on your machines so that you can you can then they can then get access to your computer and put malware on the computer to do other bad things. So obviously I was giving him fake fake user ID numbers and fake passwords. So that's why it didn't work and that's why he sent me to the second place. But um, so just that's just an example of what happens when you get these emails. And, and like I said, this email was had to do with McAfee and it had an exorbitant amount. It had a lot of spelling. I get all these, I get, you get stuff from Kohl's. You get a lot of, you'll see a lot of stuff in your email with these type of scams. So just be aware of them. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what they sound like when you do it. So I'm happy I was finally to get, finally able to get one to, um, finally get one to 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 commute to connect with me so hope uh, you found that useful um feel feel free to go through and do that yourself if you're feels feels um secure enough in your capabilities never give them any actual numbers never really download anything from non-legitimate sites because those were the team viewer and the the other one were our legitimate um remote access um tools that you can certainly um download if you want to and i was not on a windows machine obviously i was on a on a Apple machine, but they have no other information from you. And I did this just so you know, I did this from a Google voice number. So it's, it's a drop number I have just, so I can do things like that. So they can't call me back. So again, if you get one of these emails and you're so inspired to con- c- communicate with the folks, I don't recommend it's something everyone should do unless you're, you feel capable enough and in, in your skills to be able to do so. But, you know, give them as much fake information as you can. Don't allow them to install anything on your network. And if nothing else, advise your your older relatives that would get a lot of these and feel concerned that they paid $350 for a McAfee, McAfee subscription they didn't actually subscribe to or something more along those lines. A lot of them, a lot of these scams are associated around Amazon shipping and Amazon payments. Amazon is is not going to send emails like that and ask you to call a call a bogus number or or log into a website. If you get one of those emails. Call, look up Amazon's direct number from the Amazon.com website and call support number on there. So you talk to someone real and they'll likely tell you it's a scam number so you can, again, stay protected. So like I said, I wanted to kind of show that. I have been trying to get one of these guys online for a while. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't go any longer um, to see what they were going to Ultimately, what they would have done is installed something on my machine and caused me to pay for to get it off. It would have been a whole host of issues, but... That just gives you an idea of what they're looking for. You're going to hear the other guys in the background doing the same stuff. The scams are all over the place. So as you go through your week, I thank you very much for listening to this podcast and listening to other podcasts of my friends. The more podcasts you can listen to for cybersecurity, the safer you're going to be. Check out the Get Cyber Smart podcast. It's available on all your other podcast streaming sites as well. As you go through your week, make sure you understand the threats targeting you. Assess your risk. Proceed wisely. No, knowledge is protection. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.